0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Mm.
1: <laughs> <the song>. yeah. <laughs> oh, Come <coming>
0: here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
2: Glory to God in the highest, peace and goodwill to the nations on earth, from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah. Amen.
3: (laughs) So you did not even have to look it up in the Bible, it just came right out.
2: Amen. Amen, thank you. You guys have a good weekend.
3: Yes. Is everyone doing well emotionally? Mentally, physically, and spiritually? Okay, great.
2: (laughs) God is good. He's following through just like we knew He would. Thank you, Father, for the season of greater glory, Mm. greater peace and joy in higher angelic realms we've never walked in before. Those who continue doing God's will will live forever, 1 John says. So Heavenly Father, we want to continue doing your will with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength that we may taste in our souls a greater light and a greater life of doing your will. The purpose of your creation is to learn to do the will of God. What is God's will? Well, Jesus Christ said it'd be easy and light compared to not doing it. Not doing God's will is the path of the transgressor that's very hard. Kicking against the goads, that's not easy. Jesus said kicking against the goads, which means not doing the will of God, would give you a hard life. <laughs> But doing the will of your Father in heaven will give you the best life. So, you want to get in the flow of the heavenly glow. Put your entire mind in the know of the glory. And then rest, doing what's best, passing every test. <laughs> take a big drink thank you Lord for a fresh baptism of our minds and every single thought of our hearts cleansed by the judgment of the light of your glory judgment's a wonderful thing it's only negative towards the dead stuff the worldly stuff the stuff that belongs to the devil is the only part that gets removed through judgment so we pray for your judgments Father to cleanse us from the world from religion from rebellion from all demonic influence from our entire human nature and everything contrary to your will thank you for all the angels sent on assignment to help every person at the sound of my voice learn how to walk in the holy ghost upward there is an upward calling in the holy ghost today jesus proverbs 15:19 the way of life of the upright is smooth and open like a highway walking in the highway of holiness smooth upright is the way of life It's an open heavens, like a superhighway. I believe that's the lightning path of righteousness. When you have small righteousness, it feels like a very narrow, narrow, tiny, hard path. But when you have great righteousness, this is the path of the archangels, mighty sentient beings that serve the throne of God the Father. So it's a wide-open superhighway of angelic power when your righteousness is great great is the highway because you've found the path of angels you will see angels ascending and descending it's a covenant promise to you, you're going to see angels you're going to find the path of angels and you're going to walk in it
0: mm-hmm.
2: Philippians three fourteen. God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward upward where to walk in the angelic sapphire spheres to walk on sapphire pavement to walk in the path of angels the path of Enoch the path of lightnings to walk upon the stars in heaven with a ceiling of lightnings in Luke twenty thirty six, this is ultimately where I want to go tonight Luke twenty thirty six, it says it in every translation of the Bible, Jesus Christ speaking in the red letters, that his followers would transform from humans to angels. Now, this is a very controversial teaching. I'm not going to deny that, but it is the truth anyhow, because Jesus said it. And if you study out anyone that's walked closely with Jesus, they all transform into angels, every single one. And then in the book of Acts, the apostles had an understanding that if they were going to walk in righteousness, they were going to walk as angels. The Bible says that someone's knocking at the door and it must be Peter's angel. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: You need to understand the church of Acts understood the Christian walking angelically. It's written in the Word. We have a foundation. If the first few weeks of Christianity, they had these foundations, they must have been fresh in the teachings of the Messiah. 2,000 years later, this generation, not so much. We're rest- restoring and bringing a restoration to messianic foundations, which are apostolic foundations, that your walk is from human being to angel-like Son of God, which is total angelic likeness. Now, the whole thing in between is your restoration, your transformation, and your transfiguration, which is going to be awesome. That's the path where all of you are in right now, in your spirit, in your soul, in your mind, will, and emotions, and in your bodies, your bones, blood, and organs. They're all changing from glory to glory by walking... In the Holy Spirit doing the will of your Father in heaven.
0: <laughs>
2: hmm. Amen. So, what does it take to be more angelic today than yesterday? It takes an intimate relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit and a willingness to change. Stubbornness is the very presence of Antichrist. Why Antichrist? Because it's anti change. If a person's stubborn and not willing to come into agreement with the spirit of truth, they can no longer rise with him. So what do they do? They cling to the human being. Clinging to the enemy is clinging to the human spirit, the human soul, the human mind, and the human bones and the human organs. To cling to the human being is to cling to the old Adamic nature. This is what everyone does as their salvation is worked out with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling, what? The change of being turned into angels. (laughs) We have studied Enoch extensively through all the writings of the scribes and all the writings of ancient Jews and mystics. And Enoch's walk symbolizes the walk of this generation's predestined foreordained sons of God. Now, if you study Enoch, you know you have in your Bibles... Enoch was 65 before he began to walk with God. So what did he do before he was 65? He walked as a human being. To walk as a human being is to not walk with God. In fact, you can't be a human being and be a Christian. That's what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creature, which means they're no longer a human being at all. That's apostolic doctrine, 2,000-year-old established Christianity. Problem is today, we have a Christianity down here that's mostly human, that's mostly earthly. The reason why we have to change into angels is because that's the realm of the overcomers. The celestial second heavens is our promised land as we change from first heaven earthly human beings to second heaven celestial angels, angelic beings. The new creatures, the same reference to the Bible of the living creatures, which are angelic beings around the throne of God. The issue is, who wants to change that much that they're no longer human at all? Even in the beginning stages of that process called Christian metamorphosis, by the renewing of the mind in Romans 12 two, be constantly transfigured by the renewing of your mind. Greek word metamorphosized. Even in the beginning stages of metamorphosis, you will incur attack from believers that are not willing to change into angels. All the persecution we've ever seen in this ministry the last 17 years has been from people not willing to transform yet claiming to be Christians, having the gifts of the Spirit, being into prophecy, basically all the stuff without the transformation. Transformation is the sign and the mark of the covenant that you love Him more than yourself. If you're not willing to change yourself into something that's not yourself, you have yet to prove that you actually love Him, Jesus Christ said. Those who love me are only the ones who who obey me without obedience there's zero evidence that you love God at all why because you love the convenience of clinging to the human being that's why sacrifice is evidence cheerful giving evidence that you love God because you're not clinging to self it is a first step towards obedience and serving God more highly than serving your convenience We must repent and serve God in every area of our life and be transformed. Mm -hmm. And God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek change, which is him. Because when you obey, you change. It gets easier and easier the more willing you are to obey him in everything. And he's not asking from you unreasonable requests. He is not a taskmaster. He is not a slave driver. He is a wonderful, loving Father that simply requests of us the best things for us. The only reason why he commands obedience is because we don't know how to act, think, or talk. Clearly written in the Word. After you're born again, you have to learn how to act, you have to learn how to think, and you have to learn how to talk. These three areas are the areas you mature in spirit, soul, and action. So that we think, talk, and act like God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ with all these temples synchronized in His thoughts and in His ways. And as we begin to think His thoughts, we'll begin to manifest His ways for as a man thinks in his heart, so are his ways. Now the Bible says your thoughts are lower than mine and your ways are lower than mine but the Holy Spirit Holy Ghost is the manifest thought life of God the Father. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit searches out the thoughts of God, and the Holy Spirit knows the deepest, most intimate thoughts of God the Father and you have the Holy Ghost and if you value His thoughts and not your own and not men and women that are not interested in transformation men and women most of them have forsaken becoming disciples in this generation because of the inconvenience of losing their humanity losing their male and female Christianity losing their Greek knowledge Christianity losing their Hebrew iniquity, charismatic witchcraft Christianity Mm. losing their souls understand metamorphosis a worm through the heat and the brightness of the sun gets turned into gelatin the worm melts when it's cocooned
3: it's like chia seeds you become chia pudding (laughs) you are God's chia pet (laughs) you are
2: volunteering when you say yes to God the Father, Joel, to melt, goodness. to Joel, be burnt up.
3: Joel, <laughs> dying, <laughs> dying daily is a
2: burnt offering daily. Most people cling to their humanity and then add Christianity to their humanity. They're blasphemers. Mm-hmm. Don't think any of those people walk with God. They don't. No. They, they, they only walk with ideas about God and they're self-promoting. They're self-justifying. They've used their soul and the ideas written in the Bible about God upon their soul to self-justify, which means they're self-saved.
3: Don't you want to see it ooze out in gelatinous glory? (laughs) Like a really messed up science project when you're a kid in the kitchen just making a mess. Watching it ooze out. Gelatinous. Strange. Gross. Gross substance forming a cocoon to make a butterfly yeah it's pretty gross making a butterfly (laughs) is gross but it's cool
2: caterpillar mush glory mush
3: gelatinous my favorite
2: thing about spring
3: yeah everybody wants to see the ooh, ah, pretty (laughs) butterfly chase the butterfly find a nice place with butterflies but they don't want to eat 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 gorge yourself on these leaves and then mm. <laughs> the leaves of this I'm tree dying.
2: are the healing of the nations because the nations eat them and the worm becomes a butterfly
3: but first it's like oh you'll eat these leaves you'll become a butterfly why did nobody tell me you gotta eat a whole lot of them gorge yourself on them and spin this little house in which you will progressively die and become an unrecognizable mush pile that looks somewhat kind of a lot worse than your life as a caterpillar and like why did i even go down this route like why is everything so much worse than it used to be for me i don't even recognize myself anymore even all the simple pleasures i found in life in my old life where are they they're gone and then next thing you know all right the sun's coming out and you just bask in that sunlight and the ooze drips down off of your nice new wings but you're not ready to use them just yet just bake in the sun at that sunlight strengthen your wings and your new body your celestial body you take the time to do it right you ate plenty, you ate for your spirit and not for your brain so when the meltdown happens you can just rest in the fire knowing this is just part of the process and trust the process because you believe the word and it'd be a really big cool butterfly and go flap your wings and fly around to cool places and enjoy your butterfly life and never look back
2: and that's what the transformation of human to angel is directly written the word metamorphosis from earthly creature Mm -hmm. to heavenly celestial creature so that angelic realm is more real (laughs) to you than the earthly realm that's when you begin to rule over it so, the test in this life is to see who will lose their human earthly life. What did Jesus Christ say? You can't find your life until you lose it. And how much of it are you willing to lose? And it doesn't mm. mean you lose anything other than the temporal, profane human existence, which is burying the images of birds, beasts, and reptiles on your countenances mm. through the disobedience of following the okay. prince of the power of the air... Instead of the Holy Ghost everywhere. Following the Holy Ghost is great. Bob Jones called it an army and a majority of one. When you're in agreement with the great Holy Spirit, you have confidence before God and your hearts condemn you not. You're in right standing with the Father, the the highway of uprightness. You begin to see with the clarity of the mind of Christ, the more you obey Him, out of your new creature's nature serving God not in soul and flesh because that's for selfishness serving God in spirit and truth instead of reasoning and senses Mm -hmm. your reasoning and senses are the part of you that turn into caterpillar mush when you burn in the light of his Shekinah glory and this is the light of the Shekinah glory of the transfigured Word of God so what burns you Mm -hmm. up from human to angel is the Word So your diet of the Word depends on how much you allow it to change you because it's the very learning of the Word of God that makes you divine, an angel. Like Mm -hmm. what kind of angel? The angel that created the world in the Bible. The world was created by an angel. His name is the angel of the Lord. That's your nature. That's what a Christian is. A Christian is of the nature and born again of the angel of the Lord. That's Jesus Christ's name over 300 times in the Bible angel of the Lord. That's your new creature nature. Mm -hmm. Fully angelic. Coming in the likeness of sinful flesh only for a time until the likeness of sinful flesh ain't there anymore. It is being changed by the word of God, getting into your spirit and made flesh. How does it become your flesh? How do you become living epistles read of all men so they can look at the manifestation of your natural realm and hear and see and have their senses consumed with the gospel. It means you've digested it into your angel. It means your spirit man is being taught the word of God and your spirit man is stronger than the other parts of you that are to reflect Mm -hmm. the glory of your spirit.
3: Right, that's the whole point of learning. I want to uh, just talk on this part of uh, learning for a moment. This is something the Holy Spirit was talking about for our students So if you're one of our students in training in righteousness, this is for you. When you're learning the Word, sometimes you might wonder, what's going to be the difference between me studying and learning the Word than those people who kind of get stuck in going around the mountain 40 or 60 years in the charismatic church movement? Well, first of all, you're in apostolic headship that's advancing. So when you stick with that, you're going to keep advancing, right? And then when it comes to learning the word of God, eating the word of God, let's say you're in caterpillar feast mode. You're like, all right, I can see the route ahead of me. I'm going to do the homework. I'm going to eat the word. I'm going to get on a a high uh, leaves of the healing of nations diet for my caterpillar life that's about to inevitably melt down into a cocoon, but I'm mentally and spiritually prepared for that. I've counted the cost. I'm ready to build. this. Turn on a butterfly, get in the sun. And so you've got the equipment, you're faithfully studying the word, you're watching the Joel's bars, you're reading the other materials, like the recommended books and things like that. You're going over your notes. There are different ways of learning and studying in the Holy Ghost. And so sometimes the brain, when it gets a little bit too involved, you'll notice God might have you switch gears into another mode of learning. Because in the end, like Brandon said, it's about growing your spirit. So that's why we do things like we put our hand on our spirit, because it kind of causes that remembering and that awakening, that release of glory that comes out, the river of life out of your hands, which is why it's written the laying on of hands for healing. You're recycling that back into your spirit. So we do things like that to remember, okay, it's for my spirit. When you go in and read the word, there is a study method. There is just a machine gun just going to feast mode. I don't care at all for my brain and put it into my spirit. So what happens is there are different ways of learning, each for a different purpose, but they all have the combined purpose of growing your spirit. So you shouldn't enjoy one and despise the others because once for one season or time or reason or purpose, and the other serves another purpose, but all for the same purpose of growing your spirit. That's why we shouldn't uh, hate one method of learning, or say, you know, this is the way I learn now, and reject the other ways that God wants to teach us. Right? How do how do we make this real? So, for example, if you followed our training in righteousness uh, program on YouTube, if you've been following along, if you watched episodes, let's talk. Let's say like. House of Wisdom, that was just a huge, like, action-packed, full-on study. Like, we're going to Glory University in the College of Heaven, and and there's copious amounts of notes, right? The Hebrew background, uh, the root words. And when we go into the root of things, it's somewhat like there's an academic aspect to it because we're studying, we're looking those terms up. But it's more open than if you were just in an institution of higher learning, just in the earth. Because as soon as the Holy Spirit whispers, bam, this is that. It's open or it'll take you into the sapphire stones. And something that God's already taught you about the sapphire stones, the Holy Spirit brings to your remembrance. So there's an active reading, studying, learning, and even memorizing at times use different concepts and what you're doing in those times is you're crucifying your brains desire for more knowledge and i've explained this to some of you one-on-one but i think this could benefit everyone when you're in that mode of learning and you're learning the mysteries maybe god's telling you some of his secrets right when you're learning the things of the sapphire stones and all these things, there is the higher levels of temptation to go after knowledge, knowledge of mysteries, even knowledge of good things and higher mysteries and secrets of God. Now, the problem that we run into is when you start going, ooh, it's amazing, oh, I love, I could just watch you know, four hours of that. I could do this kind of study forever. That's great, as long as we're using it to grow our spirit, which is in union with Christ, with in union with the Godhead. Where this thing tends to get out of line is when the brain has the impulse. You know what I'm talking about? That impulse, oh, just give me knowledge. I need more information. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I want more. But the problem is, even if you are given the accurate facts and the accurate data about that mystery, if you did not go into it in union with the Holy Spirit within you, it would become idolatry, and it would actually hurt you. That's the information, the knowledge itself of what is true and what exists and about God is what kills you. Unless you're in union with him in that sapphire stone. Which is why, you know, as, you know, I've stopped putting out a lot of that information now. We have a completed uh, first year of training in righteousness already for you I guarantee you if you're walking with us now that whole segment has everything you need to get to where you need to be
2: the master class
3: it's the master class training in righteousness so if you feel like you're desiring more of that studying or more of that knowledge I would encourage you to make sure that brain is crucified and start at the very beginning Find out where you are in the sapphire stones. If you don't know, just like it's written, don't take a higher position at the table. Humble yourself to a lower place. And then when Jesus comes, he'll say, friend, come sit up higher. So start at the beginning, Malkut in the very first tree. Talk to the Lord, ask him where you're at. And in that very first sapphire stone, study the meaning of it. Find that word in the Bible go through the training in the class again but if you're looking for information of higher things where your spirit and your soul is not currently in union with god that is where you're really going to get into trouble in darkness and that's oftentimes where people go off into cosmic unrighteousness without knowing it because they're genuinely seeking the higher things of god But the problem is that you're not in union at that level with God. So that's when knowledge needs to burn up. We need to remain humble right where we're at, not to slow you down, not to stunt your growth. This is the fastest way possible for you to go up, is to be in union with God at every one of those sapphire stones. And once you know, there'll be a sign and a wonder, a confirmation. Okay, that's where we're at. Now, what's the next one on the lightning path? What is the name of that sphere? What does it mean? What is the part of the other side that gets circumcised? Because that's the only way you rise is through continual celestial circumcision. Every one of the spheres, there's the tree that God intended, and there's the enemy side. And what happens is that enemy part within you gets circumcised and falls off as you learn as you grow as you pass your tests and overcome those temptations hand in hand together with the lord the holy spirit within you and it glorifies your father in heaven and that's mm-hmm. simply how you go up
0: mm-hmm.
3: and you just keep doing that so a lot of that desire for knowledge and this isn't just towards you know one person but i get these kinds of questions a lot and you can kind of see and pick up the vibe of you know how people are feeling and what they're desiring i will tell you this no amount of external other resources or any other knowledge or information even if it's true is going to help you it's going to hurt you it's going to harm you take unless you take what's already been given and now walk in it and once you rise to that spot The holy spirit himself gives you the understanding so all that understanding that you're desiring if you seek it by knowledge like oh if i just get the information then i can just be up there or i I can just do the next thing and then i'll understand that's not how it works you take what's been given here's the way now walk in it now walk in it now once you start walking in it then that understanding comes and it solidifies you and it brings you up to the higher place that you're looking for and that knowledge and understanding is added unto you
2: jesus said those who overcome i'll give them a white stone with a new name on it name means nature what if the white stone is the sapphire stone white being shekinah so i'll give them a sapphire stone path so walking on sapphire stones is how you get your new name as it's written in Genesis 17 one, Walk in my presence and be complete, Abraham. He got a new name, Abraham, to Abraham. So well, there's the new name. It's the path. The upward path of walking on the white stones is how you get the new name mm-hmm. and how you get the Father's name inscribed in your forehead, which is the new nature. The angelic nature is the new name. So even as Enoch went into Metatron and Elijah into the Sandalphan, they became angels. And they had angelic names. And now they they work in angelic functions upon those white stones, which are different realms of angelic abilities that they're assigned to. And as you rise and you change and you walk the path, going from glory to glory, listen, when he hands you a stone, it is something foreign to your previous Mm -hmm. walk. That's why it's written, blessed are they who overcome. Because it's it's never something you faced before. Right. Before so Jesus and and God and the Holy Spirit and his angels and the apostles and prophets consecrated to that level confront mm-hmm. the human being, they've never been challenged in these areas before. That's mm-hmm. why most you know, ministries are not controversial. There's no mm-hmm. challenge towards the human being okay. to change into angelic beings mm. the standard is way too low to, to even go to the promised land most have never even heard of it so it's a strange thing to them to hear about the higher celestial realms but when we learn them you need to understand it's the biblical t- foundation for transformation and there's always a deeper understanding of the word than you have currently it's an ever-increasing mm. expanding word where you find most people, they settle for an interpretation of the word, especially mm-hmm. in the book of Revelation. Right. book of Revelation requires great wisdom, it is written. Great wisdom means cosmic wisdom. Mm-hmm. We have earthly wisdom. We have charismatic Pentecostal earthly mm-hmm. wisdom, which means you're not capable of understanding one word of the book of Revelation until you're cosmic, mm-hmm. until you're above the sun in that ancient wisdom, which is the wisdom of the ages, over the ages, over... The spheres of time and space. And that God wants to share that level of wisdom with you, but it's going to challenge everything you believe about yourself Mm -hmm. and others. Everything you believe about the earth. And I tell you the truth, since the prince of the power of the air has been ruling over the earth for thousands of years, it's all lies. Even earthly Christianity is all mixed with lies. The truth that you think you know is not in the full bloom. ...of the heavenly fruitfulness, which means there is a mixture. Jesus Christ said that when his word went forth into your hearts, Satan would come and sow his word in the same soil. And weeds would grow up with the wheat, which means everyone as they grow as Christians, Mm -hmm. it has a mixture of the enemy's seed growing in them no matter what. And what will deal with that mixture of the enemy's seed is when you grow up on these white stones... It's only there do the angelic ways of God begin to confront the mixture. And without mixture, you're in crystal clear mental clarity all the time. Seeing what God's seen, thinking God's thoughts, resting in God's peace and His powerful presence. Walk in my presence and be complete, says the Lord. Genesis 17.1 So it's the name change, and it's the, like she said, the constant circumcision of heart. Mm-hmm. What's being circumcised? The areas where there's mixture, cares Mm -hmm. of the world. Jesus Christ said there'd be four Mm -hmm. different things. There'd be weeds. There'd be Mm -hmm. thorns and thistles. There'd be rocks. There'd be time wasting. Mm -hmm. There'd be the foul birds. Mm -hmm. All this stuff contradicts and opposes God's word developing where? In your spirit.
3: Oh, yeah. A lot of the uh, appearance of good, too. All this stuff that, you know, your favorite parts of your personality, like, oh, that's why my family loves me, or that's why, you know, everyone gets along with me because I have this great part of my personality, this aspect of me. Or, you know, those things that you're like, oh, you know, this is my, you know, things that we do, things that we consume, things that we wear, culture or music, any of that kind of thing that's like, oh, that's who I am. All those things burn. So, you know, this is my good Christian habits. Oh, I'm very patient, or I have all these things anything with the appearance of good is really tested and tried in that fire because the knowledge of good is the very white witchcraft that has to burn and come off of those sapphire stones for the real, right? How do you cut a gemstone, right? When it looks kind of rough and it's covered in all these things, it needs washed, it needs cleaned, it needs cut Mm. for that brilliance to come forth. So that it's like, you know, the fire of a diamond is what? It's that reflection of the rainbow. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. It's interesting. I saw a vision when you were talking about the the rough gemstones. <laughs> One a video that popped up on Facebook this weekend was them mining stones out of like mud hills, mm-hmm. and they pulled this thing out. And it looked like a worthless piece of crap. It was covered yeah. in mud. It was dirty. It was I disgusting. i was in that same vision too. Yeah. <laughs> and then he takes it and then he washes it in this mud water and he pulls it out. And we're like, we're supposed to be impressed by that?
3: <laughs> I mean, it
2: looks like a, a piece of crap that you pulled like out of a hill or something. <laughs>
0: you
2: know, honestly, but the potential is there when they refine that thing and put it under a grinder and cut it properly, that it's a beautiful stone. Mm-hmm. But something so valuable like that came out of mud and is washed in mud water. Guys, that's what it's like when you're growing in Christ mm-hmm. coming out of the earthly. It's called the mud. The, the earth is a realm of mud. And so the spirit man is covered in mud. And the spirit man, as it learns to eat, what's how does the spirit man wash the soul mm-hmm. and the flesh? The Bible tells you by the spirit, your heart learning to do God's will. So your spirit man will grow up on the inside until it's bigger than your soul and your body. And in order for your spirit to get bigger, you have to do the obedient works of the Father. You can never grow as a spirit unless you learn how to obey the Father with your whole spirit. Otherwise, your spirit stays the same size your whole Christian lives, and then you just get into soulish Christianity, which is the horror of Babylon. We need to learn how to do God's will with our spirit so our spirit man intensifies inside these temples. When your spirit man gets bigger and stronger by doing God's will constantly, guess what? You go up as a spirit being to the realms of angels and begin to operate in the abilities of your spirit from above and up below. There's a below part of you. It's called your earthly temple. And you're born again, born above. That spirit part of you is developing God's angelic ways constantly by doing a couple things. Eating and acting. And in the eating and acting, they will be talking. And then when you learn how to talk, your very speech will empower your spirit. So it's like recycling the spiritual ability in the spirit man's light when you speak life the bible says you'll be judged by the words of your mouth and the word coming out of your mouth will be like the fruit mm-hmm. of your lips
3: right so you don't want to be pooping out of your mouth because you have to eat it
2: it's called leprosy the sin of the mouth when the mouth does not speak to benefit the spirit if the mouth speaks to benefit soul <laughs> sin selfishness if the mouth speaks to benefit flesh sin mm-hmm. sol- selfishness There's if race. the mouth speaks To the benefit of the eternal spirit. Guess what? That's wisdom. That's when you're learning how to talk. That every word, you have wisdom in mind. So it benefits and energizes your spirit, man. That's what refines your speech. Everyone that gets up into the heavenly sphere has learned how to pour forth speech. It is written, the heavens or the heavenly ones pour forth speech. Mm -hmm. It's your words... In your spirits, that causes you to elevate. Change your mouth, change your elevation. That's what's being changed. You know, there's over two hundred and fifty-five verses in the New Testament where Jesus Christ commands change. Matthew three one, while Jesus was living in the Galilean hills, John called the baptizer was preaching in the desert country of Judea. His message was simple and austere like his desert surroundings change your life god's kingdom is here (laughs) change your life god's kingdom is here so what's the changing of your life human life (laughs) holy angel life what is to be perfect and walk in his presence act like the angels and do the works of the angels angels are the workers that help inherit salvation Hebrews 1 and 2 says, which means when you do the works of angels and act like angels, you're doing the works and acts of salvation. It is written. Matthew 3, 2, amplified. Repent. What does repent mean? Change your inner self, your old way of thinking. Regret past sins. Live your life in a way that proves repentance. Seek God's purpose. For your life, for the kingdom of heaven, is at hand Matthew 3 4 John dressed in a camel hair habit tied at the waist by a leather strap he lived on a diet of locusts and wild field honey people poured out of Jerusalem Judea, in the Jordanian countryside to hear and see him in action there at the Jordan River those who came to confess their sins were baptized into a changed life <laughs> So how do you stay baptized? Stay changing. Mm -hmm. Not like what the Amplified calls changing. Changing your inner self, your old way of thinking, Mm -hmm. regret past sins, and live your life in a way that proves repentance.
3: Oh man, which one was that? That was good.
2: (laughs) That is Matthew 3, 2 in the Amplified. Mm, That's good. Alright. You ready for some more? Mm Mm-hmm. 255 verses on change your life. (laughs)
3: Alright. <laughs> Almost enough leaves for... Oh yeah, we, and we go metamorphosis to metamorphosis to glory to glory, so... That's another thing, if you've gone through a metamorphosis cocoon and you found yourself like a butterfly flapping around... Get ready, because you will melt down again. Because the, the, that butterfly is like the old nature compared to where you're going. And so you go nature to nature, stone to stone. And usually those metamorphosis happen like in, you know, Tiferet in the sun. Or you know, at the crowning to go of Keter to go to the next one, and so there'll be more. You might have more wings next metamorphosis, or that next time you might have more eyes attached to all your wings, so you can be you know like really cool, like all those angels with all their wings full of eyes. And you know, maybe I'll wake up with like some dope new rims this time, be like the Ophanim wheels. Like I woke up with rims full of eyes <laughs> today. <laughs> seeing in different dimensions. All kinds of cool upgrades. Okay.
2: But uh, it's important how simple it is. First, in order to change, you have to be willing to entertain the thought of it in your heart. A lot of people harden their hearts, which means they're no longer willing to hear something and entertain its thought life inside their hearts. This is why we don't see people come around anymore, because they no longer are willing to entertain different thoughts than their own inside their heart. So repentance means to change your inner self and your old way of thinking. This is the beginning of repentance. You have to change the way your heart thinks.
3: This is actually one of my favorite things about you. You're really good at that. Like that uh, that's one thing I, I love about uh, Brandon is he's always ready to receive that new information even if it goes completely against, like, let's say someone taught something from a different religious background to him years ago, no matter how ingrained the old thoughts are, that's one thing I do love about him is that he's always ready for the new thing from God and to change the pattern. So that's actually a really good skill that he has, and Thank I you. definitely recommend. Yeah, his advice <laughs> on that is going to be like so. When so once he speaks, I that, love
2: metamorphosis. Yeah. A disciple loves the changing process from human to angel. That's what we live for. That's the very purpose of our daily discipleship, our walk with Christ. What the Holy Spirit's doing. The only thing the Holy Spirit's doing is changing us. Second <laughs> Corinthians three eighteen. What is the new covenant? Changing us from one degree of glory to a greater degree of glory. So what's the greatest degree of glory? Being God the Father's exact angel likeness, His exact angel brightness. So we're always changing. If we're not changing, we're mm-hmm. not loving on God. We, we've missed the message of why we're even here. Right. We've lost the purposes of God in our lives. The whole purpose of God in our lives is to change. Mm-hmm. And if you get in the fast lane, you really hate stagnant, non-changing waters. Right. You want to be in the fast-moving, fast-changing waters. And you got to be willing mm-hmm. to be very flexible like Clay in the Potter's Hand at different times you think it's a finished work and you're good at this level God says oh no shatter the pot (laughs) dash the nations to pieces like pottery dash that to pottery that pottery to pieces what he's formed you to be this season he will Mm -hmm. often I tell you the truth he'll do it a hundred times he'll break it He'll break that form. He'll break that image as soon as you're complacent and you think you're good at that level. Well, I've really arrived into some repentance. There's some good fruit flowing in my life. God will break Mm -hmm. you again. How many times does He break us? Seven times, which means infinite. Mm -hmm. Until there's nothing left of you except Mm -hmm. God the Father through and through. So all of the completion of the works of Jesus Christ have beginning and ending in every degree of glory. So you will every season have a metamorphosis in other words mm-hmm. glory to glory is a completion of light at that degree there was a completion at jesus at age two there was a completion of jesus at age six there was a completion of the boy jesus at age 12 he had a completion of the glory of that year of his life in the conception and his body created by his god he called him his god the holy ghost So the Holy Ghost created a body. He prepared a body for me. Hebrews says it is written. His spirit is the spirit of God that created the heavens and the earth. Jesus, you know, with God in the beginning. He's fully God, but God created a body for him. It is written, which means there was a perfection of life, of the divine life in the body at that year, which is the degrees of glory. There's a beginning and a completion of every degree of glory that you'll ever walk in. Which, what what happens to the old? It burns away, and behold, I make all things new. And a new comes forth, in a greater maturity. Jesus matured in faith. You know that? Jesus didn't have perfect faith. Now, don't manifest in that one. He grew in faith. He grew in faith. You see the progression of the faith of the Messiah telling people to get out of the room so he can raise the girl from the dead to Lethokumi, I said you, daughter, rise. After that, when he had raised the girl from the dead, he actually invited all the unbelievers to come around Lazarus's tomb.
3: Right, he got better. So that's the difference between, like, what's perfect (laughs) for you at two years old, faith. That's not going to hold up at three and four, five, 30 years old. You should not have the same faith that you had at two years old. Because that might be the the maxed out level like Jesus maxed out his two year old faith right, but he always kept going. But where he he would have been deficient if he was at two years old walking in like half a year old faith, right? So he always was maxed out constantly. Yeah, it's you know the the gospel. Isaiah eleven. He
2: grew up like a tender shoot. It is written, a little a little child shall lead them. In uh, Luke chapter two, and he shall grow in wisdom. And in favor with man and in favor with God. So the growing is the Christian life. And if you ain't growing, listen, man, you're dying. Mm -hmm. If you turn back, you're not worthy of me. What does it mean? It means you've chosen death, that you're yoked to death. And the the truth is that all of you in areas of your life are still yoked to death. And what will break the yoke to death? Growing in Jesus Christ. We keep growing in Jesus Christ and it will reveal the areas you're yoked to the enemy. Which means the areas you're still human. Human in spirit which means devoid of angelic ability in your inner man. A lot of people's inner man is not doing the same works as Gabriel, Raphael, Uriel and Michael. Why? Because the inner man is still anemic. It has to eat all the leaves of the tree of life. The healing of the nations, which is the healing of your spirit. Mm -hmm. And then what? That's just the Mm -hmm. beginning. That only produces the cocoon. When you can eat, it produces a canopy of light around you to do one thing only. Change.
3: Right. That's really good. Uh, I want to say to you, as you're preparing (laughs) for a metamorphosis this season, uh, if you find, and I notice this is true about our group, it manifests here and there, you know, when we're not pumping out all, of, like, the really detailed information and knowledge this season about all the different little things, but you're desiring more of that, more of that, I would actually have you switch gears and just put on a Bible spa, put your hand on your belly, and just let make the words go into your eyes and just eat a whole ton of it without worrying about understanding what it means, mm. without worrying about, well, this doctrine and that doctrine, as it crops up, just ignore it and put it in the fire, and just simply feed your inner man.
2: It feeds your spirit.
3: Because the brain is full of unbelief and says that that's not beneficial.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
3: actually how I got the initially. Brain into the brain drunk-
2: is a lying worm. That's
3: right, and it <laughs> needs to die because then we need butterfly. <laughs> worm has to die so we can have butterfly. And one of the things they'll notice is some people say, "Well, I can't keep reading the Bible because I feel." I remember I got to go walk the dog. I got to do this. I got to order this thing. Oh, oh. Maybe somebody's texting me a an important message, you know, or I'm hungry. All these things happen and they're like, oh, I can't keep reading it. What's wrong with me? You're a liar. You can keep reading it. Honestly, here's the thing. Force feeding the, people get all these weird. Oh, well, you need to have a relationship with God, but I don't feel it. I don't care.
0: Mm.
3: It doesn't matter what you feel or what you think while it's feasting time. It literally doesn't matter Mm -hmm. I literally you this is how I talk to myself right I talk to your own soul like alright this is our programming time here we go this is we're resetting the robot here we're just this is our programming this is all coming in as coding this Bible is a code it's like a codex we're coding this uh, this robot this animal this thing to do what it's naturally programmed in the divine DNA to do. This is the input. I know what the output's going to be. Why am I do this, doing this? Because my friend, Jesus Christ, told me to do this. So here I am. I'm going to do it. And in that moment, if I don't feel a big sense of his presence or get a really cool revelation that I can share on Facebook or feel the fuzzies or, or if all of a sudden I'm getting hit by those Oh, that's what people in old religion I used to be in used to say and hurt me with. All that stuff's gonna come up, and here's the beauty of it: it literally doesn't matter. You can literally force feed yourself. All right, I'm gonna set a timer. This hand's gonna go on this spirit. That phone's gonna go on do not disturb for the entire duration of this. Because what did you know? What do we learn from Bobby Connor? God detests, which means hates multitasking when it comes to seeking him, which means Bible spa, I'm on my phone, I'm sharing Revelation, I'm doing this, doesn't count. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, which means he hates multitasking, which means if you're multitasking during your seeking God time, I mean it's not, it's one thing to have it on in the background to enhance the atmosphere. If something, you know, whacks me, I'm going to pause what I'm doing and then go do it. That's different. There's no guilt-based theology there. It's just... This is my time to seek the Lord. This is my time to feed my spirit so I can be strong in the Lord. So if I'm doing other multitasking things, which is like the plague of our generation, God actually hates that, and he's not really going to reward that. There might be some measure of rewards. Bigger, not, not really. I've tested this thoroughly. It's much more profitable for you to take even five or even ten minutes of uninterrupted, as in I'm not doing a bunch of other things. Maybe you have your coffee there with you, whatever. But I'm not doing other things. I'm seeking him in this five minutes, in this 10 minutes with all my mind, which means I'm not texting people, I'm not looking, scrolling through social media. I'm not thinking about what people think about me and what I think about this theology and whatever. But I'm taking that dedicated time, all my heart, all my mind, all the senses of my my faculties, my senses, my reasoning my feelings and I'm focusing them for this 5 minutes, for this 10 minutes I mean in this ADHD ADHD generation it is nothing short of a miracle to spend even 5 minutes with all of the faculties of your senses devoted to simply seeking God or simply obeying what he said to do And it shouldn't be like that, but it is. So understand, when you go in there and you feel this urge or these reminders, set your time aside, seek him with your whole being, and it's more profitable to do that for a short time, and then go do and take care of whatever you need to do and take care of, like your family, your kids, or your whatever it is. You know, you gotta take care of the chickens outside. And then dedicate that time because you're actually going to get more of an input. It's just like, this is the way the spirit told me. He said, uh, what the, I got the, the every time the Bible says, work out, you know, work out your salvation. I get whacked by the angels. Like, don't forget you're going to work out this week. It hits me every time. So, and uh, we got the, for those who follow our GTs online, it was the, what does it say? It said like, holy fitness or something like that. So we're working out our spirit and we're working out our body. So. The spirit is more important than the body. And this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, you know, Rebecca, whenever you're, you're doing this, you're distracted. When it's time to be seeking me, feeding your spirit or studying, it's essentially like those people you see in the gym, you know, they're kind of casually sitting on the machine. They got a phone in hand and they're just kind of, yeah, well, they're taking a breather and that breather turns into a couple more minutes. And they're just not really getting the maximum benefit that they could. But if you show up with a purpose and intention, you know what you're there to do, you know what what your goal is to accomplish, then bam, boom, just do it. Get it done. And when your mind is focused on that mind-muscle connection, in a shorter period of time, you maximize the benefits. So you're wasting less time and you're getting a better outcome. He said it's the same thing. When you seek me with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength, which means your physical, like your, your body, the powers of your soul and your flesh, even you can get a lot more done in a short amount of time. I mean, you can take five, eight hours on your day off. Yeah, the free time. Do it. That's fine. It's not about the quantity of time. It's about the quality of seeking him with all that you are. And it's going to maximize the benefit towards your metamorphosis, which ultimately brings you closer to God because that's how you learn his ways.
2: Genesis 17.1 Walk in my presence and be complete. <laughs> <laughs> Walking with the Father in the coolness of the day, his manifest presence, the glory of God, wrapping you as your, your clothing. There's a clothing of the Garden of Eden. It's being clothed in the manifest presence of the Father. Why all of this change of behavior is taking place in our lives is to again walk with God perfectly. In the earthly, we can't walk with God perfectly, so we're in that time of learning God's ways and thoughts and His Word and the ways of the Spirit, the ways of the angels, the ways of the kingdom, uh, the ways of the cloud of witnesses, the ways of the path of lightnings, the ways of Enoch and the ways of the heavens, all these things are our classroom down here to see where we're going to be in our walk with God forever. Mm -hmm. And so we need to walk in His presence, and it says in another translation, and be perfect. What Mm -hmm. is perfect? Your inner man is in agreement and union with the Father. Mm -hmm. Of those ones, Revelation says, the throne of the Father is with men. Understand that when your inner man is in union with the Father, the throne of the Father is inside your body. That's what His manifest presence is, is that you're so in agreement in your inner man with through the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, that the Father's throne begins to emanate within you. That's what clothes you from the inside out. And it's only through clothing oh, yeah. that you get into certain realms in the heavenlies. The marriage supper of Lamb can only get in, the Bible tells you, unless you're wearing the wedding garments. The wedding garments are putting on the Father through your inner man in agreement with Him on the outside. So you have to be God-inside-minded. You have to be fully God-inside-minded. And you have to be fully obedient to the God inside you. Amen.
3: Amen. Walking in the cool (laughs) of the day. The Hebrew word there for cool is ruach. So you're literally, to be walking with him in the garden in the cool of the day is in the spirit of the day. In the spirit of the day, the Ru'ah, which is also one of the levels of the soul tree. So, you know, we're talking, it's the higher of the two lower parts of the, the soul. Anyway, we'll probably get into more teaching on that sometime when we crucify more of our self nature and desire for knowledge, so we can walk in it. And that walking in the spirit in the cool of the day is that sanctification for your soul, right? The sword of the spirit, the word of God, is that sword that pierces through that can divide even between spirit and soul, bone and marrow. So that's your piercing and a cleanse, cleansing, sanctifying the washing of the waters of the word, For all the soul layers. So that you can walk. That's the original intent. Is to walk with your father. In the garden. In the cool of the day. The garden of your soul. In the Ruach. Hakkadesh, In the Ruach. Of the layer of your soul. That breath from God. When he formed man out of the dust and dirt of the earth. And made him a living soul and who was the last Adam what did he become he became a life giving being that's your new nature
2: Hmm. Matthew 3 8 so produce fruit that is consistent with repentance demonstrating new behavior that proves a change of heart and a conscious decision to turn away from sin heart changes despising darkness you begin to hate sin with all of your heart because you begin to love his holy light and you just want the cleanness of his person and you go after it and so people that are consistently going after the father within them them, scorning the shame for the joy set before you enduring your own cross to go into the higher heavenly places through Jesus Christ every day thank you for the intensification of your presence father through everyone sacrificing their hearts and their minds and their bodies to walk in a deeper realm of your spirit today going deeper in the holy ghost for the holy ghost to manifest through your hearts and minds, the presence of God like clothing.
3: Oh, I can feel the sacrifice of some of our students' minds. So I want to share. I'll, I want to share this gift with you. Uh, so if you're one of our note takers, you can go ahead and g- grab your notebook uh, if you want to put the notes, or your, you know, your keyboard, your laptop, your Google Docs, what you use. God formed Adam out of the ground. That word, God formed, is Yassar, which is where you get Yetzirah. As, you know, if you're keeping your notes, you have the pictures online. That is one of the trees that we are currently in. We're in one of the layers of that layer of the tree, right? We start with Asaya, Yetzirah. So when it says, God formed, God to Adam out of the ground. What is this? It's all how God created all of creation. It says, that's how, you know, God is continually coming. Behold, I come continually. His will was to create all of creation. So all those sapphire stones, what did Moses see when he saw God's back? He saw the sapphire stones. He saw how everything was created. That's how he could write all the story of Genesis. It's because he literally saw the glory of God and he saw God's back. When I got taken to heaven, when I saw God's back, what did I see? The sapphire stones, the ones that are in heaven, and how it goes down into the earth for creation. It's the same thing. That's how you could know, is when you see the glory. But God formed He 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 Yetzirah, Adam, out of the ground. What is Yetzirah? It's part of the sapphire stones, the tree of life, the tree of life. The staff of creation. Remember the sapphire stick in the garden of Raul, the garden of the friend of God? Zipporah's garden? The staff given to Moses? And he breathed in him. And that word, he breathed in him, pronounced nafak. The breath of life, which is the neshama, of high H A Y the neshama of high N E S H A M A the breath of life. So breathe. Here is the neshama of life. High. God breathed into Adam's nostrils. The neshama of life. So then go and review after you look at that First Corinthians fifteen forty five. The first Adam became a living soul. And now I did the the research here into the Greek and into the Hebrew using all kinds of resources, including the voice of God and numerous lexicons, texts. I mean, we did a deep dive into all the translations possible. The first Adam became a living soul and in the Greek, in the New Testament, it says a living psyche. A living psyche, that's the psyche. Psychen zoson. Now, what I was interested is, one of the things the Spirit showed me was that there was these different words in Greek that coincide with the Old Hebrew, the mystic tree, and the layers of the soul, which is Yetzira, right? in yatsira, there are four layers that we're dealing with there's more to come later but the first four that you have to deal with in order to move on to being drawn into christ drawn into god right leaving your own inner chambers to be drawn into his chambers right jian guyan when she talked about the foxes that spoil the vineyard and how god allows it at that point otherwise she would just be and love with her own self, right? That's the problem, you become a butterfly, you're like, wow, I'm a butterfly, I'm so great. love oh, wow, this is great. That's fine, enjoy your butterfly life. But the temptation there is to get self-absorbed, fall in love with self, and that defeats the whole purpose of him drawing you forth into him, right? So we wanna fall in love with God. So the first Adam became a living soul, a living psyche, Psyche and Zoson. And what the spirit said was, that is the nefesh, the nefesh. So that's N-E-F-E-S-H, or you can spell it N-E-P-H-E-S-H. And we'll try to have some graphics up sometime for you on that. So the first Adam became a living psychen, a psyche. But Christ, the last Adam, became life-giving, it says pneuma. Pneuma is the word, a life-giving spirit, a life-giving pneuma. And that is in the Hebrew, the Hebrew equivalent of that is the Ruach. The <laughs> Ruach. So
2: Jesus became the Ruach.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So we're going, here's a mystic mystery. You can add this from Shekinah to Tiferet. That's what that represents. Mm. Those are they're the flames, the colors of the flames, like the, the, the layers of the soul. We're going from Shekinah to Tiferet. The first Adam became a living psyche, a living nefesh. The first Adam became a living nefesh. The last Adam, Jesus Christ, became a life-giving ruach.
2: Which is what uh, brings life into the soul.
3: So if you have that same deposit of Jesus, who poured out his blood, who died for the sins... For your sins for my sins for the sins of anyone calling his name he died for the sins of the world and when he ascended and poured out that blood there's a transfigured blood that's poured out now like a river through 13 dimensions of who you are who you're created to be if you just at salvation received a deposit of that seed that holds the code or the genetics of the God-sperm, divine DNA, divine seed of the Holy Ghost in you. Then that means that's in your DNA to become, or the potential, to become a life-giving Ruah. So if you look at the four layers of the soul, right, so we're talking about not just the the big four that we look at, the Asaya, Yetzirah, Berea, and Atzalut, Take that second one, Yetzira. zoom in and look at those four and break them down. That's where we're at right now. We're talking inside of Yetzirah. You have Asaya of Yetzira, Yetzirah of Yetzira, which we recently finished. And then where we're at right now, which is that Berea of Yetzirah. Those bottom two, As- Asaya of Yetzira, and Yetzira of Yetzira. that first bottom one, that is Nefesh first Adam how that breath came down through all of those and clothed him and filled him with life that's the formation of man how the breath in the nostrils went in so that is nefesh and the one above that is ruah so you're being clothed progressively Mm. in the rainbow coat of many colors of the seven spirits of God Amen. Being clothed in grace, that's what the word says. Clothed in grace. Now, there have been times where high-ranking things have come to attack me, and the only reason that the attack didn't kindle upon me was just simply because I was clothed in grace, and that grace is armor.
2: Jesus is with us with the, the Ruah, the breath of life. So that's what being clothed in grace and filled and infused with grace is. Grace is the breath of the Almighty. As it's written in Thessalonians, they shall slay the Antichrist with the breath of their mouth. So the breath of the mouth is Jesus, the Ruach. (laughs) (laughs) The glorification of the soul that eventually becomes our full clothing of our third heaven mantling but it's progressive the breath is ever increasing glory inside the soul until nothing else influences the soul except Jesus the ruach very now, awesome
3: amen now since the first man adam became a living being or a living nefesh or a living psyche so now you can kind of connect the dots there with you know got outside-minded psychology and why all the self-help and psychology help might do a little band-aid work, but it's not going to metamorphosize the soul. There's no metamorphosis. He became a living being, a living nefesh, right? That's that lower level. still important. That's like your vitality. Okay, let me put it to you this way. This is for someone. When you're playing an RPG and you have the little red bubble on one side and the blue bubble on the other side, this is the red bubble of your H this is your HP points, okay? You run out of vitality, you are dead. Right? That's your 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 I wanna say you not not your primordial life, but this is more of like that primitive life. You're your vitality. You're like if you don't have that, you just you're gonna die. It's your life force. And oftentimes, this is what the enemy comes to try and drain from you. But it's kind of like, think of it as the important part of you to stay alive, but also the dumbest part of you, in a sense. This is why. Nefesh. I mean, he wasn't created dumb, but this is just, this this is the, where we're at right now. So, uh, the KGV Strongs uh, interprets Nefesh as soul, life, person, mind, heart, creature, body, Himself, yourself, uh, your will, your desire, you, the man itself, it, your appetites. It's appetite, that appetite of the soul, the cravings, the soul, the self-life, the creature, the person. The appetite, the mind, the living being, the desire, the emotion, the passion. It could be great stuff. It could also go terribly wrong, mm. depending on which Ruah you serve. Mm. Whichever Ruah, the level above it, you decide to serve... Is the one you'll be clothed in, the one you'll be filled in with. And some of them are blood sucking vampire demons who, in the higher forms, have the appearance of angels of light. They can even recreate false humility to the point where you might not even recognize them as an enemy until they're trying to siphon your blood life. Okay, living being, living being, a nefesh is a living being with life in the blood. the man himself, the self, person, individual, the seat of the appetites. This is why when fasting, when you're doing fasting, you are cutting down the influence of the seat of your appetites in your nefesh, your vitality, your soul. That's what fasting first influences that layer to keep it subject to the ruah, to the neshama, and going higher. The activity of the mind. Your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, your imaginations. (laughs) Dubious. This also translates as dubious, right? So there's a dubious will there. It's going to be in the nefesh. This is the wild animal. This is the animal part of the soul. Activity of the character. Nefesh. Okay, breathing creature. Any appetite. Beast, body, breath. Creature could be deadly desire. Ghost, greedy... Right, so greed, lust. This is a place of lust, the mind, mort mortally, uh, one's own person, pleasure, right? The pleasures of the soul. This is a part of you that wants pleasure. It wants stimulation of the mind, the senses. This part of you can only be satisfied in the divine caresses, right? Because it, it wants the stimulation, it wants the pleasure. It was you were made Adam, a living nefesh, to walk in the cool of the garden and enjoy the pleasures at God's right hand in the garden of Eden. And the lower garden is often referred to as Yetzirah, which is exactly what we're dealing with here in those four layers within Yetzirah. What did he He formed Yetzirahed man out of the ground. Okay. Right The so,
2: soul is uh, The lower garden of Eden Yeah <laughs>
3: For your caresses are fine And if you look I'll, whew, Actually if someone wants to Support my uh, my studies And my materials I've been having a good time with All kinds of uh, Hebrew and Greek And scholastic software That I just downloaded this Last weekend and it is just opening up All these realms uh, you know, the Lord said you've been really faithful with using the resources and the tools to provide the school for everyone uh, faithfully. There, so it's time to upgrade the tools. So I did that, and that was uh, the software. I think was about like hundred dollars, and I got a couple of books on top of that. So, if you like to sponsor my learning and studying, I'd appreciate that so much. Uh, you can give into that; that would be amazing because it's going to come back around. That seed that you sow. As I'm learning these things and sowing them into the people, uh, that'll come back to you as well. So,
2: Amen. That's really important. Book of Acts that the apostles spend their time on studying the Word and prayer. Mm-hmm. It is written, and um, so that's what mainly supporting the apostles is all about. That they're pressing in to the deeper things of God to empower the people through their teaching and preaching. Completely biblical and wonderful to do. Jesus Christ is the Ruach of our soul. And so since you know that that's what grace is, the infusing of the Ruach throughout the soul, now you can understand the fruits of Ruach in the soul are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. The evidence of Jesus Christ in our lives is is being possessed with the fruitfulness of the Ruach of the breath of life. Amen. 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 So I just bless you guys with the the blast of the mouth of God. When your mouth speaks the fruit of the lips of Jesus, like honey on the lips is the word of God it is written. Mm -hmm. That means that there is a fresh breath of heaven being imparted into your souls. And from that impartation of the breath of life, the life-giving spirit of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, will come the fruitfulness of the Garden of Eden into the lower world of your bodies. And so by the fruitfulness of the Ruach in the soul, the lower world is joined with the upper world. And that's what ascension is, the progress of going from glory to glory through the ever-increasing fruitfulness of the breath of life in our souls. Second Corinthians 3.16 Message Whenever, though, they turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil, and there they are, face to face. They suddenly recognize that God is a living, personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old, constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete we're free of it all of us nothing between us and god our faces shining with the brightness of his face and so we are transfigured much like the messiah our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as god enters our lives souls and we become like him life-giving ruach Amen. amen (laughs) well bless you guys we'll see you tomorrow have a wonderful night in Jesus name let this word be sealed in your hearts let the fresh breath of God the Father the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit infuse your souls infuse your senses and exercise your senses and consume your reasoning by a cloud of a breath of God's life into your minds into your hearts And fill your bodies with His brightness and change you. God's ability to impart His breath is your ability to repent and change. We just thank you, Father, for all of your breath, like Heavenly Father's CPR, mouth to mouth resuscitation, as you breathe into everyone's souls new life, resurrection power, and purpose and meaning and joy, and peace, and healing, and prosperity. In Jesus' name, let there be a greater mental clarity. Let there be an ascension, a greater zeal for the house of the Father, and to do the Father's will and works. With the ability of the impartation of the breath of life, you will do greater works, and know your God in a greater glory, and a greater presence than ever before. Amen. Amen. We'll see you guys tomorrow. (laughs) If you'd like to give an offering into this ministry, click the links in the description and be blessed as you give.